Hallelujah. On behalf of Pastor Frank, I'm so glad to stand here to share with you guys. It's always great to worship with you, but it's especially great when I get a chance to share God's word with you and, and, and to challenge and encourage each other um, in this way. And so if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and pull it out. If you're watching us from all of our campuses on the live stream, we welcome you on behalf of myself. My name is Ronald Julian, and I serve as the worship pastor, but I'm also the campus pastor of our New York location. And so we're so glad and so thankful for this opportunity. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's do this. Every every time we get into the word of God, we make our biblical declaration. So can we do that together? Let's do it together. One, two, ready, go. This is my Bible. It is my primary source of spiritual nourishment. I will read it every day and become all God wants me to be. My mind will be renewed. My life will be transformed. I will become fully surrendered to Christ. Therefore, I will hide his word in my heart so I can be all that God has destined me to be. Come on, somebody say amen. All right. All right. All right. Before we dive in, I want to say thank you on behalf of our team, our leadership team, Pastor Frank and Pastor Lisa, for all of you who came out to volunteer for our night to shine this past Friday. We had over 200 guests that came out and enjoyed themselves, 200 family and over 250 volunteers. So give yourself a hand for coming out and supporting. It's an amazing, 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 amazing show of support. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you guys to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. And while that's happening, I need all my security team to come up, please, real quick, real quick. Real quick, security team, come on up, real quick, real quick. Security, come on up, real quick. No, on the stage, on the stage, on the stage. Yeah, come on. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's see. Rush, you come right here, buddy. Right here in front. Face that way? Yeah, face that way. And I need you to come right next to him. And you can come right next to him. And you can come right next on this side over here. Just take two steps to your left, please. I think I think we're good, Mark. I think you, you yeah, I think we're good. But thank you, brother. It's just over here. Stand shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder. Come a little bit closer, get tight. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Ephesians chapter 5. Start at verse 22. Turn around, turn around. We ready? Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of of, of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior of. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. You guys still alive? All right. I, th- I, can, I think I got it from here, guys. Thank y'all so much. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself. I heard the amens right there. All the ladies, amen. (laughs) And gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Who loves He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and he cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. Yes, it is. (laughs) Paul was not lying. 
He says, this is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Y'all still love me? Just checking. I didn't write it. I'm just reading it. I'm just. As we approach Valentine's Day, yes, fellas, don't forget it. It's on Tuesday. As we approach Valentine's Day, I thought it might be a good idea to have a conversation about love and marriage. You may be seated. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it does not return void. We thank you that everything that we talk about today will honor you. We pray for all of the women in this room. We pray for all the men in this room. We pray for the relationship man between woman and woman between man. We love you. We thank you that we have the opportunity to show the earth and show the world what unconditional love looks like in real time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, now, now a lot of what I'm going to say today is going to focus on uh, marriage. However, if you're single... Matter of fact, let me do this. If you're married, raise your hand real quick. Raise your hand. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. If you are single and you desire to be married, raise your hand. It's okay. When I was single, I wanted to be married too. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. All right. If you are single and you're like, nope, it's not for me, raise your hand. It's like, (laughs) been there, done that, I'm good. But we're going to talk about covenant relationships today. And I think that marriage is not the only covenant relationship that you can have. Okay, I'm, I have covenant relationship with with friends and 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 family members, and we we talk about all sorts of things. And I confide in them; they confide in me. And so, a lot of stuff that we draw today is applicable um, to 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 a bevy of different types of covenant um, relationships. Okay. In 2012, my wife and I entered into an agreement to do life together. That's a fine-looking young man right there, boy, I tell you. And so is she. She's a fine-looking woman. We agreed to a commitment that we knew would challenge us. In April of this year, we'll be celebrating 11 years of matrimony. I, I remember our wedding day like it was yesterday. I remember being surrounded by friends and family. I remember how hot and humid it was in New Orleans, Louisiana. I remember random thoughts like, did I remember to put on deodorant? Um, would my deodorant last the rigors of the dance floor? I remember how beautiful and stunning my wife was when she appeared um, in the room. I remember how my knees were locked and I thought for a split second I was going to fall over and pass out. I remember that day. Do you remember your day? Do you remember your day? Uh, so many of, of my close friends and family from all over the country came to witness our union. Um, two people from two different worlds coming together. Joining behind a common goal. Two people making a solemn commitment to each other, a vow, a covenant to be all in. Now, prior to our wedding day, one of the things that our village at the time, the people around us did for us, they planned a brunch with about five or six different married couples. Some were married for three years, others for five years, others for seven years, others for 15 and 20 plus years. These couples took the time to pull back the proverbial curtain to answer questions about married life, about doing life with your partner and your person. They talked to us about what it was going to take to keep our grass green. They allowed us to ask them any and every question that we could think of, and they answered honestly and truthfully. They talked to us about the challenges that we were sure to face. They talked to us about how our personalities might discover friction with each other, 
about the potential red flags that would be sure to present themselves and, and what we might do to mitigate catastrophic damage. But you remember, you remember what that new love felt like. It creates the illusion of love is all we need. Your problems, I know I hear, I hear what you're saying, but your problems won't be my problems. You know, what you're dealing with and what you're all going through, that's not our case. We're special. God joined us together. You remember that? When you know, nobody can tell you nothing about your person. Remember that? You know, I hear what you're saying. I know what y'all, but y'all, you know, but listen, that's not going to be our story. We, we, we talked about that already. We already talked about finances. When I do premarital counseling, it's so funny to me. Well, we've already got that under control. We've talked about that already. Yeah, we're good. We're good. And that was me. That was her. That was my wife. But here's the thing. Then we got married. And you got married. And all of that love, it was good. It was cool. But then you realized that he really doesn't know how to put his underwear in the hamper. That was cute the first time. But now after like three weeks of that, are you serious? You, 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 you realize that no, no morning breath really is a thing. Whereas before, like his smell was so attractive and alluring to you. Now his smell just grosses you out. It's like, when are you going to, did you take a shower, dude? Like, what, what are you doing? Her words were like melody. It was, it was so beautiful when she spoke to you. I just, I can hear you talk all day. Now it's like, she won't shut up. Now, before the grilled cheese sandwich was enough. And now it's like, all she knows how to cook are grilled cheese sandwiches. That's really a thing. What happened? What happened to the love is all we need? What happened to, you know, I, I, can, I can stay on the phone with you for hours and fall asleep and wake up and talk some more. What happened to all of that? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated, but, but why is it complicated? It shouldn't be, should it? Thanks for your honesty, my brother. The text lays out the formula so plainly. So let's talk about it a little bit. Now, if you've been married for Three years, happily married for three years or less. Raise your hand. Happily married for three years or less. Let's, let's give them a round of applause. Three years or less. You're still in that newlywed phase. Hey, Bella, can we get a mic real quick? Can we get a mic real quick? Can we get a mic real quick? A mic, mic, mic. Somebody grab a mic for me. Let's do this one right here. We'll, we'll use Ilder's mic. All right. I need a runner. I need a runner. I need a runner. I need a runner. Can I get a runner? Can you run this microphone to him, please? Just run the mic right there. First row. Thank you so much. Stand up. All right. Both of you guys, stand up. Come on, come on. How, how, how long have you guys been married? Can we get their microphone on? They've been married a little over a year. Amen. Wow. New newlyweds. Amen. All right. Okay. Now. He's going, to get you, he's going to get you guys on. In the meantime, though, I want you to tell me, I want you to look at her, but tell me, what are the top two things that you love about her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the top two things you love about her? She's very humble. She's very humble. Beautiful. And she's very beautiful. She's very beautiful. Awesome. All right. You can, it's okay. It's all right. Accept that compliment. Amen. Amen. All right. Now... Now, I want you to tell me one thing that she does for you. She makes me a better man. She makes you a better man. Give him a round of applause, y'all. Give him a round of applause. All right. Okay. Now, hold on. I want her to answer the same question now. Do you feel comfortable doing that? It's okay. It's all right. You feel comfortable? You can do it. I think you can do it. All right. I want you to tell him what are the the, the top two things that you love about him. 
He loves me. <laughs> he loves you. Okay, okay. Give him a round of applause, y'all. Give him a round of applause. Good job, good job. All right. I need, if you've been married for seven years or less, raise your hand. Seven years or less. Seven years or less. Brian, anybody else? Married for seven years or less. Somebody raise your hand over here. Over here. Okay, okay. I need, I need a husband and a wife here. Over here. Can we get the microphone to them over there? Stand up, stand up. Stand up. Yes, yeah, stand up. Stand up. Let's give him a round of applause. Come on. Married for seven years or less. All right, my brother, I want you to tell your wife or tell all of us how your wife loves you. She loves me a lot. How? Uh, she takes care of me. She takes, she takes care, care of my of clothes that I left on the bed sometimes. So, <laughs> Tell me, tell me, why do you love her? Because she's an amazing woman. She's an amazing I love her. Anything else? Amazing mother, too. She takes care of her kids. And she takes care of me, the bigger kid. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Now give her the microphone. Now I want you to tell us, by talking to him, how does he love you? How does he show you love? By, by taking care of us. Mm-hmm. By really being patient when I have to say things. <laughs> <laughs> when I have to say things, he's patient. All right. Second question. Tell him. Tell him how you can love him better. By being more patient. Just like patience is my thing. Patience is where I'm struggling. All right. Thank you guys so much. Come on. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. If you've been married for over 15 years, raise your hand. Husband and wife have to be in the building. Husband and wife have to be in the building. Right here. Right here. Russ and, and, and uh, Rochelle. Right here. Come on. Stand up. How long have you guys been married? Uh, September was 30 years. 30 years. Now, Russ, can you tell Rochelle why you love her after all these years? Because she gets up every morning and she starts her day with me and other people on her mind. Mm. She just gives, gives, gives. Um, I fell in love with her. The minute I saw her, and I still feel that way now. Wow. Wow. Then I finally heard her sing. <laughs> and after 30 years, I still got chicken skin. Amen. That's an OG no. answer right there. That's an OG. <laughs> That's an OG answer right there. All right, now. Well, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, the O stands for original. You're original. All right? He's like, that's still old, right? All right, now give it to Rochelle. Rochelle. How does Russ show love to you after 30 years? Unconditionally. Mm. He, he showed me unconditional love. First person, first man in my life that ever showed me unconditional love. And the ongoing joke after 30 years of marriage that we can joke about, of course, this is taken not literally, but the joke is if I ever left, he'd be right behind me. He'd come with me. (laughs) (laughs) And of course I would never do that, but that's, that's what, how comfortable you could get in 30 years of marriage is real marriage, real love. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for your answer. I need one more couple that's been married for over 15 years to raise your hand, but I need your husband, I need husband and wife to be here. Husband and wife to be here right here. Wait, hold on. Right here, here's a good one right here. Yeah, perfect, right there, perfect, right there. Good morning, good morning. All right, all right, okay. I want you to tell your wife on the microphone with all of us listening. How long have you guys been married, first of all? It'll be 30 years in July. 30 years, come on, amen. 30 years in July. After all these years, why does she still do it for you? Wow, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know, but I'm going to try. All right. Um, because she loves me. She cares about me. She cares about my well-being. Mm-hmm. And she knows that I need somebody to reel me in. Mm-hmm. And she's kept me focused. She's kept our family focused when I'm spaced out doing 
she's been there. So consistency. Amen. Consistency. That's a good word. I love that. Consistency. Now, now, pass the mic to your, to your beautiful wife. Uh, beautiful wife, I want you to tell us by telling your husband, would you do it all over again? I would. I would. You would do it all over again yeah. after 30 years? I would. Yeah. Okay. My, my second question to you is, what makes him worth doing life with? He makes me laugh, and we've gone through ups and downs and the worst together, and we're, he's always there for me, and I'm always there for him. Amen. And then we pick each other up in our lowest of lows. Amen. Amen. Can we give them a round of applause? Amen. Thank you all so, so, so much for, for sharing, for sharing varying degrees and years in marriage. And you heard all of the beautiful romantic, inspiring, aspirational ideas of marriage. And yet, it's still complicated. Because what I would not do in this house with these couples would not dare ask them, what really grinds your gear about her? You <laughs> He says, I'll answer. I'll answer the question. I'm trying to get you to 30, bro. Be quiet. I'm trying to get you to 30. Close your mouth. Be quiet. Because the reality of it is, it's true. How can someone that I love so much cause so much turmoil in my life? How can someone that I would literally die for make me think about pushing them down a flight? I, no, I'm not. I'm just this. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's a fleeting. It's a passing thought. It's not anything that I literally like premeditate. Like, it's not that at all. But there's a tension between the two. I asked you, did you want something from Chick-fil-A? You told me, no, you were good. So why when I walk in the door and I set up all my sauces on the table, you come by, why? Why do you do this to me? You do this to me. I, babe, I asked you four times. The, I put the hamper literally right where you take your clothes off. All you have to do is take them off and just drop them. Why do you drop them on this side? The hamper's on this side. Why? Honey, I told you. I told you that I needed the kids to be picked up by a certain time. Why are you giving me lies and, and, and deceit about traffic? And you were at home playing the you were at home playing the PlayStation. That's what you were doing. It's complicated. It's complicated. And so we find ourselves doing life with someone that we love so much, and yet sometimes we don't really particularly like. The ebbs and the flows. Right now, some of y'all are like, you, you know you got to do something for Valentine's Day, and you have not done it yet because you're at odds with her right now. You know you got to do something to show you love them, but right now, you, 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 you're between going to Target and getting a card, and, and the flowers from Stop and Shop, and doing nothing at all because you're at odds with that person. And we're laughing about it, but it's a real thing. How do I love you? In seasons of my life, when I don't like you in seasons of my life. And then I step back and I look at God's purpose and his intent for marriage. Let's look at the verse again. And again, I feel safe. I think this is a really sanctified audience. So I can say this again without fear for my life. Verse 22, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Ladies, can, I be, can we be honest for a second? How many of you all have problems and trouble submitting to your husband? Let's be real. I, 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 I struggle with it. Well, not I, because I'm not a woman, but you know what I'm saying, you know. You struggle with submitting to your husband. Let me ask you this. Do you struggle submitting on your job? Do you struggle submitting... When you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you to do something. Do you struggle on the highway when you're doing 20 above the speed limit? 
Fellas, how many of you struggle with submission? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You're like, whoa, she's supposed to submit to me. No, 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 no. Here is where the dynamic shifts, because the reason why the word submission has has become such a a toxic and, and a polluted word is because we have taken it out of context. So we have you we have weaponized the word submission. When the word submission really is, it is a it is a choosing to yield. It is not forced suppression or forced oppression. Because if I force you, it is oppression. But if you choose to. It's submission in the truest sense of the word. And here's the deal. We all have been called to submit. I didn't add it to my text, but you can go back and read it right before verse 22. Verse 21 says, submit one to another. Let me be honest with you guys for a second. Me and my wife, my wife is brilliant. She's one of the smartest people I know. Right? Right? She's amazing with money, right? So when we first got married, I was like, I'm the man. I'll take care of the money. Take care of the bills. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And for the first six months, y'all, I was miserably horrible at it. Horrible at it. But pride would not let me say, hey, babe, this is an area that you do really good in. I was learning how to be a leader. And one of the things that you learn in becoming a leader is you have to surround yourself with people who do things better than you do in specific areas. So I know that money is not my strong suit, but I know for my wife, let me tell you, when we, when we got married, I had a line item budget in my email account down to the, down to the penny of what we were going to need to save and spend. She showed me right then and there, she needs to manage our finances. She's great at it. And so I had to get over my pride and allow her to walk in the space that she was called and gifted in. Submission, one to another. And so when we talk about finances, she says, okay, these are our, this is our allowance. You're allowed this, what she does though, she's what she says. She always says this. Are you good with that? Because she understands that even though we are submitting one to another, there is a spiritual authority and anointing on my life to lead our family. And so even though she has set the course for our financial, uh, the financial plan for our life, she always reports back to the head. Are you good with this? Are you feeling what I'm saying? And so submission, all of us. All of us have been called to submit. But then when Paul highlights wives submit to your husbands, hear me. If you go back and you read that entire verse again that we just read, 22 all the way down to the end of the chapter. All it talks about two things, submission and respect for the wife. It never tells you to love your husband. Never tells you to love your go back and read it. I read it in five different translations. I wanted to be sure. (laughs) Never tells you to love your husband. Here's why. Because the way that God created you loving is easy. Loving is easy. Sacrificing, giving of yourself. That's easy for most of you. It's easy. The difficult part is. The difficult part is not letting nobody tell you what to do and how to do and when you're going to do it. And how to... That's the difficult part for you. Ladies, can I get an amen? Don't, my daddy said, don't let nobody talk to me. Like it's the hard part. Especially when you recognize that there are areas that you are better at than him. Struggle with that. 
But guess what? Your home is not the only place where you experience that on your job. Aren't you better at some things than your director? You find a way to make it work, don't you? Why? Because what's on the line is a paycheck. Because if you went to your boss telling him you're doing this count wrong and you need to try to, you're not going to have a job tomorrow, boo. (laughs) And so you find a way to eat it so that you can have a job. But then you will come home and let your husband have it because he needs to know that you're not to be played with so on and so forth. I'm going to stop doing it now. (laughs) Fellas, we got to submit too. You have no problem submitting on your job. We're great at, fellas are great at submission because we understand, we're, we're, we're more, we're more logical. And so it's like we understand the hierarchy. We were born into understanding there's a hierarchy. There's somebody that's always telling me what to do. And so, and so, and so we, we don't struggle as much with that, even though inside we might feel it. We definitely think, yo, dog, listen, man, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm not about to, you know, I'm not sending that email, dog. We don't do that. We might think that, but we don't do that. And so I want to give you just a few, few things, because I'm telling you, ladies, listen to me. If you love your, if you love your husbands, can you just clap your hands if you love your husbands? Listen to me. Clap your hands if you love your husbands. All right. I'm going to tell you a secret. It's going to make your Valentine's Day ex- exceptional this year. When you submit to your husband, you shout from the rafters, I love you. When you respect your husband, you are communicating a level of love that you saying it will never be able to comp- he'll never be able to comprehend. I talk to fellas all the time. I've done counseling sessions. I got friends of mine, and they tell me, Ron, if I had to choose between our kids in the room, if I had to choose between physical intimacy and my wife respecting me, I'll choose respect every time. Because, ladies, your words can crush a man, your tone can crush your husband. The way that you talk to him, if you're talking to him the same way you talk to the cashier at Chick-fil-A and McDonald's, you're telling him how you feel about him. Your husband doesn't need to hear I love you all the time. He needs to, he needs to, he needs to feel it. He needs to feel it. And so instead of I told you about X, Y, and Z. I told you my oil need changing in the car. You ain't done it yet. Hey, babe, I know you got so much going on. I know you do. And I really am grateful for that. But, I, you know, I noticed that um, I asked you a couple weeks ago about getting the oil changed. Is there any way that you can take care of that for me? Who's going to say, nah, get it yourself, chick? Who's going to respond that way? Who's going to respond that way? Babe, you know, um, I love, I love you so much. Um, Let's take a shower together. You feeling what I'm saying? Versus saying, dude, you stink. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I want to give you some things to consider because this whole submission thing, it's destroying some marriages. It really is, if we're being honest. It's destroying some marriages. I want to give you some tips on how to submit one to another, but also, wives, how you can, because again, if we read this differently, let's, we would read it like this in verse 22, wives, love your husbands as unto the Lord. That's what it boils down to. And this is how you love your husbands. By not talking to him crazy. By believing the best in him. By believing that he really will die for you. Because that's what he signed up for. By believing that he really wants to be a provider for you. 
By believing, he doesn't, he's not looking for you to be his mom, but he wants a partner. Fellas, we're going to get to y'all in a second. First things I want to tell you guys real quick that we have to do as a, as a, as a, as a, as a unit, as a, as a, as a team, you got to get some guts. You got to get some guts. Many of us find ourselves in marriage, and there's, there's usually opposites to track a lot of times in marriage. All right? And so if you tend to be more passive, you tend to attract someone who's more assertive. All right? If you're more dominant, you tend, to, you tend to attract someone who's a little bit more docile. All right? If you're, good in one, if you're great in one area, you tend to attract someone who's not so good in that area. And that's great because you complement each other. The problem is, though, is when problems arise and problems will arise, usually we're not so good at having conversation. We're not good at talking about it. So the person who's more docile, you'll eat it, you'll eat it, you won't say anything, you won't say anything, you won't say anything. And then all of a sudden there is an eruption, a volcanic eruption, and it all just comes vomiting out. So the first thing we got to do, we got to get some guts. First Corinthians 4, these are the kind of guts you need to have. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envious. It is not boastful. It is not proud. You need to fill yourself with these things. You need to fill yourself with these things. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of Wrong. A lot of marriages are suffering right now because you've got a you've got a you've got a running list of all the things that they've done to hurt you. You got a running list, and it's all you can see. And so, no matter how many good things they do, you're looking for the thing to confirm the feeling you already have about your spouse in this moment. Keeps no record of wrongs, and so based upon this, you're not loving your spouse. Because love keeps no record of wrong. Mm. It does, it is, it is, it is, it is not, love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Some of you guys have been married for some years and you've run out of gas. Because you feel like you're getting the short end of the stick. But I want to encourage you. You need to get some guts. You need to grow up. You need to fight for your marriage. And one of the ways that you fight is by opening your mouth and communicating what the issue is. This is so simple, I know. But you need to hear this again. You need to understand that your, your, your spouse is not a mind reader. Number one. Number two, most spouses are not out to get you. But they just don't know. They don't know what they're doing and to the, and to the degree of its effect on your life. Men don't know. Women. The degree that leaving the toilet seat up is having on your life and how it's grinding your mind and your ear and your gear. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. And so you have a responsibility, husbands, wives, you have a responsibility to fill yourself up with what the Bible says love really is. You have a responsibility to be patient. And not just when it's convenient. You have a responsibility to be kind. And not just when they've been kind to you. You have a responsibility to be long-suffering. Long-suffering. And you don't get to decide how long is long enough. That's why when we engage in holy matrimony, it's not just me and my wife. It's me, my wife, and the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one, the same Holy Spirit that's working on me to make me my best version of myself. I have to trust the Holy Spirit is working on her, which is why the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. 
Because the same Holy Spirit that's working on me, I have to trust that that Holy Spirit is working on her. And what happens a lot of times in our lives is we try to be the Holy Spirit to our spouse. But it's not from a pure place. And so it's toxic. You haven't spent any time in prayer, but let me tell you about yourself. Let me tell you what's wrong with you. So you need to get some guts. You need to fill yourself with some kindness. Would you love you the way you act sometimes? <laughs> Number two. Duty is honorable unto the Lord. Duty is honorable unto the Lord. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse three says the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife and likewise also the wife to her husband. You have a responsibility We're not talking no more about your feelings. All that stuff is rosy and it's cute and it feels good in the moments, but it's temporary. It's temporary. Once you move past those feelings, butterflies, oh, he makes my heart flutter. Oh, my God, every time I see him, I just want to melt inside. Oh, man, she's so beautiful. She's so fine. She makes me, oh, my God. All right, so now we got all, all that's fine. It's cute. It's a part of the process. But we have to understand at the end of the day, I have a duty to fulfill. Marriages are breaking up today because I don't feel, I don't feel like they love me anymore. I don't feel love anymore. I don't feel compatible. What about your duty? What's your duty? You've got a responsibility, especially if you are a believer. You have a responsibility to show the world and not just the world. Let me, let's take the world out of it. You have a responsibility to show your children. What duty looks like not being led by your feelings, but being led by the spirit of God. Being led and being honorable and being a person of integrity, even when it's uncomfortable. Even when he said the worst possible thing to me, even when she did the worst possible thing to me, I have a responsibility to honor God in my response. Duty. Duty. If you've ever been to the military, it's very few options you have outside of what they tell you to do. You have a duty to fulfill. I'm not interested in your opinion all the time. You have a duty to fulfill. And that does not go away in the... See, this is what we do as Christians a lot of times. We give God our submission. We give God our service. We give the job our service. We give the job our submission. But this part has to be for me. When I come home, I should be able to do what I want to do, right? So now your spouse has to deal with your internal struggle. They've got to deal with you wrestling against your flesh and your spirit. Because you're trying to find where's the place where I can just be me. But I thought you were being transformed by the renewing of your mind to be more like Jesus Christ. And so you don't get a space to be like you because you said that you were crucified. Nevertheless, not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So you don't get to clock out from being like Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why marriage is difficult because you because it's it's the one last place where you get to decide on a on a very specific level who am I going to be to this person that I can't stand right now? Duty. 
Romans 15, 1 says, now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. There are going to be seasons in your life. And if you've been married for 30 plus years, if you've been married for 15 plus years, if you've been married for 10, five years, even one year, you know that there are going to be seasons in your life where your spouse will need you more and they're able to give you. Married folks can get an amen on that. There will be seasons in your life where it's going to be 80-20. Heck, it might be 95-5. Your spouse is going to need you to bear them. Bear the weight. Seasons. It's hard. Because you've been told it's 50-50. What they did for you. Did you do for them? If they don't, girl, that wasn't the last time. Don't be trying to do nothing special for him. He ain't nothing for you. Nope. What if God treated us like that? Oh, you didn't go to church this week? Okay, cool. Grace is off the table this week. You got to figure it out on your own. <laughs> oh, okay. That car that was going to hit you, now it's about to plow right into you. Because there's no grace for this week. Because you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't make no time for me. So why should I make time for you? Angels, y'all, y'all clock out there. Y'all go on vacation. Go to Fiji somewhere. Don't, don't worry about, uh, nope, nope, no grace this week for them. Nope, no mercy. Nope. You're going to get exactly what you deserve this week. What if God treated us that way? And yet, that's how we treat our spouse sometimes. That's how we treat our spouse sometimes. You don't get no love this week. That steak was too salty. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. You got a duty. You got a duty because there are people that are watching you because you said you was a Christian. You said you were a believer. And so now because you're in a dry spell, you feel like you have you are justified in stepping out on your marriage. Nope. You got a duty. Uh, I know. I know, fellas. I know. I know, ladies. I know it's getting tight in here. I'm sorry. But you got a duty to, to fulfill because duty is honorable unto the Lord. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm just telling you what the text says. It's difficult when you're in a dry season and you still have to serve. <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult. But duty is honorable unto the Lord. Number three. I hit on this earlier. Stop misprioritizing your feelings. Stop misprioritizing. And, and understand how I say that. I'm we're talking feelings are important. Feelings are indicators. Hear me. Feelings are indicators. But for many of us, we've made feelings dictators. Woo! It's getting hot in here. For many of us, our feelings have dictated our actions. Galatians 5 and 16 says this, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. They are in what? Conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. You can't just do what you want because you feel a particular way today. You can't do that. Let me be your your, 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 your your little uncle right now. You can't do that, player. You can't do that. You can't do what you want to do. Why? Because you made a vow. And the consensus in this generation and younger generation is saying, what's the importance of marriage? We, you know, why we got to get in front of people and sign a document and have us, why we got to do all that, you know, so we can just live together for the next 30 years. No, you got to make a commitment and a vow to that person. You don't just get to leave because you don't like them no more. You don't get to just leave because they made you mad. You don't get to just leave because somebody else is making you happy. All right, work husbands and work wives. You got a duty to fulfill. So you got to get some gut so you can figure it out. I don't like you right now, but I want to like you. I want to like you. Matter of fact, I want to love. I want to be in love with you again. So let's talk this out. 
And sometimes that talking out is going to be dirty and it's going to be it's going to be gloves off and it's going to be words that you shouldn't say. And it's going to be th- it's going to be things you shouldn't bring up. But you got to do it. Because you got a duty to fulfill. In 11 years with my wife. It's been some gloves off. You hear what I'm saying? If you've ever been, y'all know me, y'all know me, y'all know my big personality, and my wife is basically the same exact way. So you already know in our house, it can be on and popping in my house. I make no bones about that. It can be on, when y'all see me doing all of this, it's just like that in the house too. And you, it can be just that, just that big in our home. And I don't know how to whisper. I barely don't even need this microphone. That's why I'm holding it down here. And that's how it is in our home sometimes. Because we're so passionate, right? Now we got to exercise a level of patience and self-control because what I have to talk to you about is, is you know, it's, it's sensitive. And then what happens is after I respond... Well, you didn't, and then she's like, because you didn't, and then I'm like, because you didn't, and then hopefully Holy Spirit comes in and checks somebody. Hopefully. Am I talking to anybody in this place today? Hopefully the Holy Spirit comes in and checks somebody. That's why you can't be unequally yoked. Reason number two, so the Holy Spirit can check somebody to be the, the mature person that Paul talks about in Acts. Hold on, babe. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. This is not productive right now. And then you come and you say, can I just hug you right now? Can I just, can I just hug you? No, don't hug me. You ain't got to hug me. <laughs> say what you got to say. Say what you mean to say. But let me, let me, let me hug you. And sometimes in marriage, listen to me. Sometimes in marriage, listen to me. We are called... To hug the porcupine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes in marriage, you have been given the grace to hug the porcupine. The very thing that is going to hurt you even more, the more you hug. mm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you can't be led by your feelings because your feelings will trick you. They will make you feel like you're justified in being rigid and stubborn and staunch because they hurt you. So you got to deep, you got to put your feelings in the right context. All right. My feelings are important because they're indicating that I feel some kind of way about what you did. But my corresponding reaction should be one that is led by the spirit and not my feelings. So if I'm led by the spirit, I won't fulfill what I really want to say and what I really want to do. Because the spirit of God is in, in convicting me. Are you hearing me? To say something that will be reconciliatory, that will be productive, that will not accelerate or throw, or throw kerosene on this fire. So, fellas, you got you to put your feelings in check. Ladies. You got to put your feelings in check. I want to hear how you feel. I shouldn't feel it. And finally, don't let the risk of rejection or or offense derail honest communication. Listen to me. Don't let the risk of rejection or offense derail honest communication. Listen to me. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. There is a 150% chance that in your marriage you're going to offend your spouse. Am I right? 30 years plus? Am I right? There is a 150,000% chance that no matter how much you check your tone, no matter how much you check the time in which you say it, no matter how much you, you run it by uh, people that you love, no matter how much you get counsel on it, 
There are going to be conversations that you're going to have with your spouse that are going to cause them to be offended. Because nobody wants to hear that they're less than amazing. Nobody wants to hear that they're less than awesome. But this is what we have to remind ourselves. We're on the same team. I'm on your team. I'm on your team. <laughs> you wouldn't tell you if, if your coach tells you, hey, man, you you're running the wrong route. Oh, your, 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 your mechanics of your shot is off. You need to fix that. What if you got offended and just walked off the team? Hear me. Many of us struggle with pride in this area. You struggle with pride in this area. Because, and I'm done, you struggle with pride in this area because you're allowing yourself to be controlled by the illusion of your own grandeur. And you want me to go along for this strange, weird ride. But you're lying to yourself and you want me to lie to you too. And that's not covenant. That's not covenant. And so if, if, if the person that says I will do life with you forever can't tell you, hey, babe, hey, bruh, hey, babe, hey, son, bruh, kid, wife, husband. You, can, you need to be better in this area. If they can't tell you that, who can? If they can't tell you that, who? Let me say this, and I, and I, I might get in trouble for this. I might need the security to come back up and, and drum. Just There's some people and women, I'm going to say this, and this is, not, this is not every woman, obviously, but you, you tell me if, you, if, you, if, if, I'm, if I'm somewhere in the ballpark. I'll, I'll back up if I'm not. Your friends, you and your friends, your girlfriends, you don't get together. When your girlfriend's going through something, your first priority is making her feel better, is it not? Is it not? And sometimes, will you, will you forego truth for them to feel better? That's dangerous sometimes. Because although I need to, it is your responsibility to be a good friend and make them feel better. You got to make sure you circle back. And give them a little truth serum. Fellas, we, we, we tend not to talk in these deep spaces because we, you know, we tend to, you know, be more, you know, uh, um, um, introverted and, and, and uh, introspective in this way. But when you're talking to your bros and you, you know, and, and it's like you're, you're telling them about what's going on in your wife, make sure you tell them the whole story. Because you want me to give you advice and counsel on an incomplete story. Man, she talks to me like she like she lost her mind. Like she, well, hold up, bro. Hold up. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I talked to your wife. She said you talked to her just as crazy. Well, well, it, it's different because I no, it's not different. Nope, it's not. It's not different. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility, men, to lead your wives out of the valley seasons of your marriage. Wives, you have a responsibility to love your husbands in the way that caused them to realize the greatness of who they are in God. Even if he's acting like it, don't talk to him like a child. Talk to him the way that you want God to talk to you. And I promise you, most marriages are about two degrees away from experiencing not just survival, but thriving. But you have to ask yourself, am I willing? Am I willing to do the work? Are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to do the work so that you are now excited about seeing your wife when they come home? Seeing your husband when they come home, going on road trips together, holding hands in the park. Are you excited about that? If you're not, you got some work to do. And that's okay.
because we all have work to do. Let's stand to our feet. You have no idea how much I'm sweating right now. I got to go change shirts. <sighs> but I love you guys. And one of our responsibilities as pastors is to challenge you. To challenge you. Sometimes you got to walk away feeling, I got work to do. And go do the work so you can see the fruit and the results in your marriage. Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you. That even though life can be complicated, marriage can be complicated, we thank you that it is a biblical and a spiritual and a kingdom institution. And our commitment is to do the work. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Happy Valentine's Day.